Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. Before our radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad you all can be with us. Also, tuning in through our online affiliates around the world, including our friends at iTunes. We appreciate you all being with us as well. Whether you are a new pet owner or if you had your pet for quite some time, taking care of them and making sure that they're healthy and happy is definitely a priority. And that's why we're excited about our next guest. We're excited to welcome Dr. Carol Osborne to our program. Dr. Carol is not only a best-selling author, but also a world-renowned veterinarian. She's going to talk to you guys about some do's and don'ts, things to consider when it comes to your pets. And we're also going to let you all know how to stay connected with her, as well as get her books as well. Dr. Carol, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Well, thanks so much for having me. So this is an important topic. I have not been a pet owner myself, Dr. Carroll, for the past five years. My my living situation changed, and it just was not practical for me. But I've been both a cat and a dog owner, and I know how important it is to make sure that we're taking care of our pets. This is work that you've been able to devote a lot of your time to. So I want to begin there. What has it been like for you, Dr. Carroll, to not only take what you've been able to learn and to be able to share it with people to help them with their own pets? Well, it's it's absolutely uh wonderful to uh to be able to make a living do it, doing what what you love most so uh yeah. we we have a lot of fun and we do uh, a lot of good things uh to make life as good as it can be for people and their pets right and there's so much information out there, Dr. Carroll, which is why I was glad to have you on, because I think a lot of times we may hear things, maybe not from a professional like yourself, but from our you know, family member friends about what they've done with their pets, and we just think, okay, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what's best. Have you found that that's been, especially when it comes to your books, that's been kind of the, the main thing, making sure people are armed with the knowledge they need to make sure that their pets stay healthy? A- absolutely. When 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 people uh, just you know have an outline of the basic parameters that that pets need on on a daily basis, uh, owners are are the first ones to go out there and try to do everything they can for sure. Yeah. So let's go to the the basic things because uh, I think one of the things I've had both dogs and cats, Dr. Carroll, flea collars or something that we're told about. I live in the South here in Mississippi for our radio audience, and of course um, we are known for, unfortunately, when it comes to our pets having issues with fleas and, and ticks. What what kind of has been the information you've been able to learn about whether these things are are, are harmless when it comes to pets, or is it something we should be considering for them? Uh a, a great point. Uh, when it comes to flea collars, uh, it's the Soresto flea collar that is still being sold on the open market, uh, but very, very toxic. Uh, almost a million complaints have been turned in, and yet they continue to market the collars. So my advice would be uh, steer clear from the Soresto collars, but do talk to your veterinarian uh, and figure out what the best protocol is to avoid fleas uh, for your pets uh, and your home uh, as we uh, come into to the spring months, at least here uh, in the Cleveland, Ohio area. Um, so there are a variety of products uh, from uh, the natural essential oils like the lemon balm and clove uh, to the products that you put on topically once a month uh, or that they uh, chew up 
uh, as little flavored treats once a month, and they do they do a, a great job. Uh, you want to start uh, before it hits 60 or 65 degrees every day with regularity. Uh, it's always best to prevent fleas rather than waiting for them and then finding out you're infested with fleas. Right. Right, such a great point. Another thing here, uh, Dr. Carroll, that's big in the South, and it definitely has gained momentum, I've noticed, in the past five years, or shock collars and even, of course, uh, electric fencing. Uh, you know, people I, I know personally think that they're they're great for using for training, um, but also, of course, uh, as deterrents for their pets, especially when it comes to the, uh, the, the shock fencing, and to kind of keep them in a certain perimeter. What should our audience be thinking about when it comes to that? Is that something that they should be thinking about um, getting for their own pets when it comes to shock collars and fences? Yeah, I, I think that if your if your pet is in training with a professional trainer uh and they use some type of a collar like that uh, i i think that when used properly by a professional uh they can be very very good when used improperly uh they can be abusive and and, and very harmful uh, so um yeah if you're with a professional then then it's a valid consideration uh, but in my experience, used personally um, becomes more an abusive situation than anything else. Um, and as far as the perimeters, you know, they've got the invisible fence and the radio fence where you you have the underground wire and it helps to keep the, the pet within a safe perimeter. Um, those are fine. Um, the, the little uh, buzz that, that, that goes to the collar, again, you know, they, they – they train you so that you know just what you're doing, and right. I, I I don't think it's a, a big shock, you know, like you're you're thinking, oh my gosh, uh, but but more like a little buzz um, that usually you know keeps the animal with, within the area. Although if something very exciting is uh, is on the other side of the perimeter, uh, your pooch might take the shock and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a good point. They're they're, they're similar to us adults when it comes to things like that, Doctor. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Just like <big> so, kids. <laughs> yeah, th- this is this is all very valuable information. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, you're listening to conversations live. We're speaking with Doctor. Carol Osborne today. She's not only a best-selling author, but a world-renowned veterinarian as well. We're talking with her not only about some great tips for you, whether you're a new pet owner or you had your pet for quite some time. Some questions you may have had, some habits you may have picked up from your family and friends and you're wondering if they're the right thing. Dr. Carroll is kind of helping us out with some of those. Dr. Carroll, I'm, I'm kind of concerned about this next one for myself. When I had a cat, uh, declawing was something that was recommended at the time uh, for me because I was living in a hotel. I was a hotel manager at the time. Talk to us about that. Declawing a cat, is that something um, that is considered okay uh, or is it something that, that we should maybe reconsider? I think at this point, um, reconsidering uh, your options is uh, pr- probably a, pr- a pretty good thing to think about. Um, mm-hmm. Cats' nails can easily be trimmed. Uh, you can have a, a groomer or your, your veterinarian uh, show you how, how to trim the nails, uh, which is not hard to do at all. Um, and as far as scratching, um, cats have, have a need and an instinct to scratch, and opposed to your beautiful sofa or chair, um, if you observe your cat's position, the position of the cat's body 
while scratching, whether it's upright, horizontal, or, or in an angle. And then if you also observe the fabric, uh, for example, your brand new sofa in the living room, um, but my point is that if you observe the fabric that the cat wants to scratch on, as well as the position that the cat likes to scratch in, you can simply go to Joanne Fabrics, buy a piece of fabric, uh, you know, go to a Home Depot, buy a, a, a little piece of board, staple it on, and presto, you've got a homemade cat scratching post that will uh, save your chairs and your furniture. Love that. And that's a practical tip, too. I, li- I like that a lot, Dr. Carol. And so uh, the other thing that's come up a-, a lot, and I think, again, a lot of us, especially here in the South, I'm noticing, Dr. Carol, and I don't know this may be something in your work you've noticed, is not just for a certain area. We don't always vaccinate our pets. And and I've noticed that's big here in the South um, in conversations I've had uh, with pet owners. Um, talk to us about, if you don't mind, in, in what you've been able to learn. How often should a pet been vaccinated? And is there, are there certain things in particular, even depending on the location that you're in, that you should be thinking about vaccinating them for? Yeah, vaccines are, are a great point. Uh, Remember that uh, rabies um, is, is a law in, in, in every state because that's a disease potentially transmissible to humans. Uh, so that applies to dogs and cats. Uh, the laws on that generally are the first shot for a puppy or a kitten is a one-year, and after that in most states uh, it's a, it's a three-year uh, to repeat the vaccine. Um, in dogs, there's a distemper parvohepatitis shot that's pretty much the, the basic standard shot. In cats, uh, there's an upper respiratory, we call it an FVRCP, um, but even indoor cats, uh, they start getting the runny eyes and, and sneezing a little bit, uh, and that's because we bring the outdoors in uh, when we come in and out of our homes. So um, for people that want to make sure the pet is protected uh, but don't want to constantly get revaccinated, you can ask your veterinarian about a titer. A titer is a blood test uh, that is taken, and the value will determine whether or not an individual has a protective level of internal immunity for whatever the disease process is, rabies, distemper, a parvovirus, for for example, and and that uh, applies to dogs and cats. So that way you can make sure your pet is safe, has enough internal protection, but you don't have to get that shot. Well, wow, that's a really good good tip. Now, you brought in brought up indoor and outdoor. That's the last thing I want to talk to you about, Dr. Carroll, because this is that's definitely something <laughs> that I, I'm sure will make our audience think, especially, again, our radio audience here in the South. Um, you know, I think, you know, there are some who, you know, who do keep their pets inside. Of course, here in the South, I see a lot of them outside, of course. Um, they have pens, that kind of thing. Is it safe for domesticated cats and dogs to live outside? Is that something that we should be more concerned about and, 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 and kind of try to prevent that from happening? Sure. Uh, I, th- I think in today's world, mo- most dogs and cats should have a nice place to sleep inside at, at, at the end of the day. Cer- certainly enjoying the outside is wonderful and, and important uh, for just about all animals. Um, of course, we have a lot of feral cats uh, in the north and the south all over the country, um, and I, a lot of the rescues um, and shelters do, do their very best to, to, to round them up and, and vaccinate them and try to get them healthy and, and 
place them in, in good homes. Um, so even with a cat, you know, cats get very frustrated and develop a lot of habits due to anxiety uh, that are just indoor cats. So remember, you can teach your cat how to walk on a harness, and you can take your cat for a walk every day just just like you do with a, with a dog. Um, and, and cats are smart and they can learn. It's just uh, you have to take the initiative to try to teach them a, a little bit. But you'd be surprised how many cats can be taught to walk on leases, et cetera. And if you do have a pet that for some reason has to live outside, make sure that you have proper accommodations, uh, whether it's very warm or, or very cold, uh, for food, water, um, as well as shelter. That's a great tip. And it's it's so interesting to hear you mention that about um, being able to, to walk your cats on, on the, with a collar. I did that when I was going back to when I was living uh, in the hotel, uh, Dr. Carroll. Uh, I actually would take my, my – the cat, of course, lived uh, in my apartment at the hotel with me. And, of course, we would go on walks, and I would have them because I was afraid of them being around the hotel, you know, being – you know, getting excited and running running. <laughs> too sure. far away. So that definitely was something that, that, that happens for sure. Such great tips. And I should mention, if you don't mind, Dr. Carroll, your your books, you have, of course, Dr. Carroll's A Naturally Healthy Cat um, that people can get, as well as, of course, you have one uh, for naturally healthy dogs, especially this time of year. What do you normally tell people uh, when it comes to just the overall care? What what advice would you have for our audience when it comes to thinking about whether they're offering the, the best care for their pets? Uh, make sure that you're feeding your, your dog or your cat uh, at least twice a day uh, with dogs in particular. Uh, get them outside for a walk uh, 20 minutes uh, once or twice a day. Uh, make, make sure that uh, they're defecating, that they're u- urinating properly. Um, the skin and hair coat should, should be clean. It shouldn't be, you know, full of mats and tangles. If it is, they need a, a good bath and maybe a, a clip down before it gets too hot outside. So ju- just the basics. If a pet stops eating for more than a day or two, you need to call your, your veterinarian and, and address that. I think there are a lot of first-time pet owners um, because of loneliness. They adopted pets during the pandemic. Um, but Make sure with wherever you get your information from your veterinarian, online, through friends, et cetera, um, that you are, in fact, addressing the basic health care needs, you know, of that pet. Clean skin and hair coat, food and water twice a day. Get them outside for a walk, preferably a twice a day. And, and visit your vet at least once a year um, to make sure the pet's healthy on the inside and is protected from diseases like rabies and distemper. Great information. Again, everyone, Dr. Carol Osborne has been our guest, sharing with you all some valuable tips for your pets and dogs, keeping them healthy and happy. Dr. Carol, thank you so much for this. How can our audience stay connected with you? Or you can visit us online at uh, drcarol.com, which is D-R-C-A-R-O-L.com. Um, and we've got a sister website, Chagrin Falls petclinic.com. That's kind of a long one. Um, I've also got a blog with over 1,500 articles addressing everything from A to Z uh, on dogs and cats. And you can give us a call right here toll-free at 855-DR-CAROL, which is 855-372-2765. And we welcome questions from pet lovers coast to coast. Oh, Dr. Carroll, thank you so much for providing such a valuable resource, but also for the time. I really appreciate it. And looking forward to having you back on the broadcast again. 
Well, thank you, Cyrus. I'd love to join you. All right. We'll look forward to doing that. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live, part of our News You Can Use segment here at WYAD. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webster. As always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. And let's go make today amazing. Take care. <music>